Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer, and this week my guest is Jane Cox. I had a really great discussion with Jane. She is a wellbeing director and co-founder at a company called Fusion Spaces, but we had very similar ideas and philosophies, and it's a really, really interesting and insightful uh, conversation that we have around her concept of free-range people, and she explains more about that in the interview her tips for for better well-being both in the workplace and personally and just a little bit of of what she does and the company fusion spaces go into companies and they look at the space they look at the lighting they look at the acoustics they look at the general environment to see how well set up it is for people so enjoy this episode and i bring you jane cox jane cox welcome to the show thank you thank you for inviting me it's a pleasure so let's start here what are free range people Free-range people are people that have access to the environment, natural surroundings, that any other animal would be afforded. Um, When I see how people are working, um, I'm very much aware that it looks like a battery system to me, as in caged hens. Mm. Um, And we, increasingly, we're looking at how you know, welfare, animal welfare impacts the animal and our food, yet we haven't been looking at how it impacts the people in the workspace, and that's what Fusion Space is all about. Yeah, love it. So tell me a bit more about the company. We, we kind of call ourselves a collaborative design consultancy. So my part of the collaboration with my husband is that I bring sort of 20 years of experience within therapy, um, specifically eating disorder therapy, that I created my own um, way of, of, of helping people recover based upon my history. Mm-hmm. I've always felt <coughs> driven to do things by our experience and our story. Um, coaching and stress management consultancy are all part of what I do. And so I bring in that, the element of people and understanding people and helping people understand things that can, that, that can improve um, sort of how they work and live. Uh, my husband, he's the techie AV side of the collaboration and then what we've done is we've rolled out and I say rolled out we've actually spent a good couple of years finding the right people to collaborate with so that's where the collaboration and design design is about designing lighting fit for human beings Hmm. Um, initially in the workplace but we're looking at how we can do it in healthcare Um, and again rolling that out we've got acoustics so we're looking at that we're looking at being in the well-being elements that you provide, Leanne, um, and, and basically making spaces sort of better, technology, anything that we see that needs to be improved. One of my favorite things to talk about is the improvement of lighting. Mm. So it's the thing that's the giver of light. Um, and when we buy a plant, you know, we go to, we go to a shop and we buy a plant, um, we will look at the care label and we'll say, my garden's shady, this is no good. Um, I noticed when I bought grass seed the other day, you know, you're looking at this works in, in most sort of light settings, this is for shady lawns and all the rest of it, but we're not considering how a space is lit. Um, and so that's where we kind of start from the, from, the, from the, a bit like you might do when you step outside from the top down yeah. of a space yeah. and how to improve it. I mean, lights are something I'm really interested in as well, particularly the effect it has on our circadian rhythms. Um, and I guess that's the angle you're coming from as well. Yeah, the yeah, natural I'm element of sitting under this, you know, this white light, this blue light yeah. you know, for, for an office worker for so many hours of the day, yeah. and so many hours of the week. Absolutely. When you look at the research, the jury is out about fully what circadian lighting can do and quite what. One of, one of the things I think 
Do you mean by circadian lighting how it is at the yeah, moment? Yeah, they don't they don't fully know scientifically about all the benefits and and, and it, it gets tricky um, to, to to sort of nail one down that absolutely sort of says science says. But I think we have to look from the no-brainer aspect of this. This white poor lighting that we're sitting under right now is not nice. Take it from that mm. very that very simple thing. It's a stressor. Yeah. You and I will find it stressful to work for a long day. Yeah. There it's will a be harsh there, it's light, harsh. Isn't it? Yeah. Controllability. We do we do think circadian lighting is something that's worth considering and introducing. There are other element there are other ways of doing it too which I really find sort of exciting in that if we think about what we're doing so say you and I got together Leanne and I say you know I've got I've got a you know I've got this idea and I'm really buzzing and in fact on my desk at home I've got a really high quality circadian light that's programmable with an app and all this kind mm -hmm. of thing so I what I do is I blew up my light but with a good quality LED mm -hmm. so that's another important point not all LEDs are made the same when I want to sort of feel maybe I've got a little bit anxious or whatever as a free ranger because I'm fortunate that I can, I will go out for a walk and have an idea because that's perfectly okay. I'm still working. I'm just walking. Yeah. But if I'm not and I'm not able to go out, what I'll do is I'll change the lighting and I'll make it warmer. And that means it will look more yellow. So the closer I go to candlelight and firelight, where we all go to in the autumn and the winter and it's cosy, mm. or, you know, or we're setting down for the evening, that is when we're releasing the sort of hormones of sort of sleep and we feel relaxed. Yeah, melatonin. Yeah. yeah. So basically, we at Fusion Spaces, what we're saying is, let's give choice. What do you like? What do I like? Let's help people understand that different tasks would benefit the person from having different availability of light. Mm. Let's give controllability to the people who are working under it. Mm. I mean, this is happening in farming. And it's happening, it's happening not only in animals. They've done masses of research into purple LED in crops. But human beings? we got left behind somewhere along it's the way. It's really funny, isn't it? Because I would say in general terms, and this, let's talk about the Western world, yeah. not, not globally, that we, we prioritise animals very, very low in, in terms of humanitarian yeah. interest. Yeah. And, but actually, from the sound of what you're saying, and I love that free-range concept, I absolutely love it, humans are being treated, you know, in terms of the lighting and the conditions they're under, actually, you know, we've got hens, generally speaking, and in nicer environments. They enrich the cage. Under a light that, that helps them you know, to thrive. And yet you go to Canary Wharf and you've got thousands and thousands of people mm. funneling into these tall yep. buildings, crammed in, in banks of desks, listening to other people's negative stress being invented, you know, with poor lighting, they very rarely get outside. A lot of big organisations now as a perk have a, have a sort of basement with shops and a hair salon and dry cleaners. You stay, never need to leave. So it's, it's stay at work longer. Yeah. That's another kind of... Yeah. It's coming under Why the pseudo well-being. We put everything here for you, and you all eat together at night. You yeah. never go home and never have a relationship. Um, the hen analogy, which is a passion of mine, that is really interesting because here's something for everyone to think about: the hen in a cage was hybridised to lay an egg. I have got hens in my garden that haven't been hybridised, and they wouldn't lay in an enriched cage. So mm. we got away with the barren cage. And the barren bit is what I'm saying about a lot of workspaces. They are barren. They are not, they are not meeting the needs of, of the animal, because we're animals. Mm. So in farming, they wanted to up the yield. I mean, the humanitarian kind of thing in, in that we wanted to give welfare, some, some welfare back to hens, 
free range ideal, but hey, you know, the enriched cage came in, um, we legislated, but we have barren environments for human animals to work in. So if we're going to talk about the no-brainer for business, isn't it still yield that people are talking about? Mm. Isn't this space about yield? Mm. And it doesn't mean 10 hours of hard work or 8 hours of hard work. It's what is the productivity we want from each person? What yeah. do I want to achieve? And I can tell you, when I want to achieve something, it isn't done in increments of minutes and hours. It's projects or connections or, yeah. you know, meetings I've had. Yeah. So I think it's a, the whole free ranger is getting a conversation about people and living and working and because you live at work and it's factory farming mm. from our perspective. Mm. I completely agree. So apart from lighting, what else, if someone's listening and they work in a business and they, or they, maybe they run that business or they're influential or they own that business, lighting's one thing, what else should they be thinking about? Everything about a space. So. It's things like the acoustic comfort of a space. What's that? It, this is actually a very good acoustically comfortable space. I'm not hearing lots of resonance and echo. Yeah. Something that you'll find within built environments, meeting rooms, office, open plan offices, is you will, harsh is how I would describe it. If you have lots of hard surfaces, these have had treatments done. You can see here, we've got, we've got carpet. We've got Just soft. explain the space we're in, actually. Okay, we're in a, we're in a meeting, a, a really, really rather smart meeting room, but it's a, it's a podular. I don't think that's probably the term that Frem would use where we're sitting, but it's, it's designed to be kind of, it can be retrofitted into a space. Mm. Um, and what we've got on the walls around, if I, just, if I just sort of talk us through it, we've actually got references to nature, which is when you say, what do we want in a space? We want references to nature. So going back to free ranging, we need to connect humans with nature. It's fact. And uh, one of the things I've said to you, Leanne, is I can get you all the facts. I can get you the stats and the research, but don't we all know it? Mm. We all know that we don't go hurrah, it's summer holidays, I'm going to sit in a small, dark, dimly lit room and look at a wall. We don't. We go off to the beach and the forest and the mm. sea and all the rest of it. Mm. So as human beings, there are various elements, there are various ways we can bring nature in and it's called biophilic design. So in the space we're in, the reference to nature, the two things I would, I would tell you that we have, and they're not living things. So we have got the reference to nature which is, I believe, wood effect. Yep. So when you and I look at that, in a subconscious way, we are connecting to nature, and that comforts us. Behind us, or behind you and in front of me, we've got a reference to green. And it's a kind of uh, light mossy green, I'd say, and those two are panels. So the panels could actually have a forest on them. So we could make it look as if we're looking into a forest, mm. or we could colour them, or we could leave them as very, very dull, I don't know, base level brown, which as much as it's brown and you find brown in nature, that's not the most biophilic way that we can bring it in. Yeah. Something that would be really lovely in this space is to bring in something living or that we connect to referencing living. So you can have an artificial plant. Um, if you and I had a workforce or you've got a team and we wanted to do a really good job of a space, so we're looking at acoustic comfort, we're looking at lighting, we're looking at sort of how the technology is um, and we're, we're literally taking the, pe the, the sort of space apart in a, in a not, not in a negative way but we're saying what do we like 
What do mm. we really like and what don't we like? If we can get everyone involved and they start to help us help them design their space, that's going to be the best kind of space for that workforce. And the stat for that is, I think, 25% uh, increase in productivity. When when an, a workforce has a say insane. in their environment. Yeah, yeah and there's a, there's a really important element Do you know where that, that. stats from? Or that, perhaps you can let me know that, Yeah, that's Dr. Craig Knight, and okay. I shall get you those details. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if you let, I think it's several fold, autonomy and trust. And I think then another part of free ranging is looking at the type of work that is being done and looking at a way in which people have the flexibility that's right for the work. I mean, you can't be flexible if you work in M&S. You've got to be present. Mm. But, um, you know, it's how, what is the work that needs to be done? What does the product, what is it, you know, how, we, we really are going to have to get around the fact, I believe, that eight hours equals a good job done. You know, what is it I wanted to do? I saw something, and I wish I'd have, I'll, I have to go and have a dig around and send it to you, but there was something I saw just this week about how they've done, a, they've done various surveys, and people are saying at least two hours of their time they waste. Procrastination, not feeling very inspired by Smartphones. Smartphones, yeah. Yeah. Huge our, gobbler of so time. As, well, as much as we love our tech and we can help simplify tech, my role is also to say we've got to disconnect from tech. We've yeah. got to have tech rules. We've got to say emails aren't sent. You know, it's so tempting as, as well, if you're running your own business or you're in a business where expectations are that you're online 24 seven, I think it's actually really important to start maybe changing the culture. Yep. And you know, that starts from the top and encouraging these things. So uh, something that will matter to you, Leanne, is if we think about well-being, if you demonstrate you're looking at the space you're bringing the people to talk about the space and actually say how the light makes them feel or the air quality or the fact that there's, there's no movement of air, which is another biophilic quality, the air moves like being in fresh air. If you start to say you're having conversations with people about doing this and they're coming in and talking to you, you start to feel cared for. Hmm. You know, that's going to make a difference. That in itself, yeah. That really will. On the way here, I was listening to a Tony Robbins podcast and I'll link to it in the show notes. And um, I think it was Adam Atler was the, the chap being interviewed. He said, Europe have really got a handle on this, or in, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. France have a, um, an email policy where emails are batched. So from 6 p.m. to 8 a.m., you don't receive an email. So when you come in or you log on again at That's 8 right. o'clock, you get your emails from the night before. So there is, yes, you're coming into some email, uh, but you're not thinking of oh, the, the little red light on the blackberry flashing what is it i'm just going to look because i'd rather know you, you're just not going to get an email so you can <laughs> properly switch off you can properly disconnect and a dutch uh i think it's a dutch company they've got this is, sounds really wacky but basically at 6 p.m the desks are connected to the ceilings i love it and they lift up <laughs> the desks so you have a standing elevate. desk for a little while and then it's gone it's gone yeah yeah so yeah. you cannot so at quarter to six everyone's packing up because they know in a minute the desk, I mean, it sounds, it sounds yeah, far out, but that's how seriously that they're, they're taking these things and we need to kind of catch on to that. There's another organisation, I don't think you named it or the country, where they have delivery of email three times a day. So you can actually say, right, 8.30, 9.30 okay. email, 1.30, 2.30 email, so you schedule it, and you're yeah. aware. And you've got an hour yeah. in which to, to get this stuff done. I mean, I guess you could probably draft emails, but they're not going to get sent and you're not going to get anything back. 
in those windows. But yeah, our expectations on ourselves are too high. Yeah. It's, it's simple, and the brain, we don't actually multitask well. Human beings and their brains do not work well. They stress. Yeah. But people master these things, and I, you know, I'm going back to the hybridized. We are not hybridized. We are very good at tolerating. That's the unfortunate thing. We're adaptable. Yeah. Our big brains have meant we adapt. So that means that when somebody says everyone's okay, look at them. They're all okay. They're all doing it. Yeah, because we can function in the worst. Mm. But unfortunately, the talent's being lost. I mean, I know. You know, you get some, life brings stress. It does, and you take that to work. I'm sure we both know there's stressful things that happen in our lives and you suddenly you find that you're standing there at your desk and if you're lucky enough like we've been saying earlier we we know we've had something stressful happen and been impacted we know we're affected we're fortunate that we know it and I, I know I've got a plan of what I was going to do but I go out and I go into nature and I go for a walk and I know that walking will sort of use up the stress hormones and I'll feel better yeah. and I I'll probably find a solution because moving in solutions work really well yep. If you think that you're not trusted to move from your desk, and again, under those conditions that we spoke about, and you've got a problem, you're going to sit elevated stress levels, increasingly elevating because you can't do anything about it. Mm. And you're sitting there and you're not producing and you're just, I mean, that must be so painful. Yeah. And then you go home. I think it's, uh, I talk a lot about the modern malaise. And what I mean by that is we're addicted to our smartphones. We get a dopamine hit every time we get a message. <gasps> Who is it? Um, yeah. Simon Sinek talks very, very well yes. about that. Um, we are obsessed with busyness. It's our new drug of choice. Oh, uh, there's competitive words. presenteeism as well. So do you yeah. know what? I'm really sick, but I've got to come. Yeah, in. I'm always here. Because I, I always power. So yeah, I've only had one sick day. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've worked in businesses where you come in before everyone else, and, and no one wants to go until someone's gone. You know, it's it's, it's crazy. But I was going to ask you about your own sort of personal routines around disconnecting and reconnecting. What do you do when you feel? that you need to disconnect? Or what, what do you have I'm, as non-negotiable as well? The first thing I'd like to say is I'm sitting here as an imperfect human being. Yeah, well, um, we all are, yeah. We all are. And one of the things I changed most recently was my phone by the bed. Yeah. Now, I took my phone up because I like to do my headspace in the morning. Which is the meditation Which app. is the meditation yeah. app. And so my logic, knowing all that I know, and what I found myself doing is there'd be a little buzz and a bing or something. And the most disgraceful, um, do you take confessions? The most disgraceful <laughs> confession of about two and a bit years ago would, if, if I'd woken up, and I know I woke up because of it, okay, and the smartphone being there, I, I, would, I would be like having a little peek. And, you know, the realization of these habits that pop up in our everyday lives, knowing what we know. So I made a really, a really sort of, a massive effort to look at those things with my phone. Another thing um, that this, this is, I don't know where this stat comes from, but I will find it. Empathy levels go down when any electrical device is on a table. Yep, I completely, now obviously, excuse yeah, me, oh, we know that's recording this conversation. Uh, you'd be speaking, I'd be on the phone. Where yeah. there's a phone now? I wonder what it's saying. Simon Sinek again. Um, he said, I, 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 I'll link to it, but he said, you know, it's not okay to have your phone on face down. And he said, it's not okay to see it, look at it, and then look at someone and say, I'm not going to take that and knock the call off. It's, and I'm, I'm really hot on it. Anyone that, that in, a, in the team or anyone that knows me will know. I'll ask them for phones not to be on the table because as far as I'm concerned, if your phone's on the table, you're more or less saying that anyone, anyone who wants to spam you, contact you, text you, is more important than the person you're talking to. And that's Absolutely how I true. see it. Absolutely so my true. phone, 
Um, I put on flight mode before I walked in here. I don't even need to hear it buzzing in my bag. You know, it's all a distraction. It is. We we are, and it's changed our brain chemistry as well. Absolutely. You know, my concentration span is not what it was. No, I think there's so many things. The, the, the tech rules is, is kind of what I yeah. alluded to earlier, and it, it is. So in, in my own world, I have a prescription drug. My prescription drug is walking. Mm-hmm. And when I have been in some real difficulties with my own mental health, walking has turned the, absolutely the turned the corner for me. Yeah. yeah. And I would agree with that. Knowing, I know you, you run, I think, don't you? Yeah. Do you run? It's it's the, it's such a powerful thing because it's a tool that you have instant access to, and so what I do is that is my prescription. So several years ago, what I did is worked out that the walking is what I need. I've got my poles, my Nordic walking poles, mm-hmm. and I prescribed myself. And I also encouraged clients during our conversations, we would look at their activity and movement. And I range, I call movement. You're the expert in this. My, my idea, my, my philosophy with movement is the full range of body movements that I would like to be able to do. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in old age, I don't feel, believe, I know we get older, but there's no reason I should be stiff and, not, and unable to touch my toes yep. and reach up. Absolutely, yeah. um, so those are the things that matter to me, moving my body in a really normal sense of being the animal, the human animal that I am. So for me, the prescription, it, you know, at the beginning it was three times a day I will walk. I've got. We, we have four dogs, so it was a walk in the morning with the dogs and then a, uh, then a pole walk, and that would be my ideas, um, subjects for blogs, yep. conversations I was going to have, all my ideas, yeah, yeah. Neurogenesis. Yeah, and, and your brain just, it's so, and there's some lovely stuff out there, Norman Doidge about n- uh, neuroscience, mm. um, and another, which I'll, I'll get a link for you, um, The Idiot Brain, fantastic. We, we can walk and talk and do just about anything, not with smartphones walking across roads or in nature, I would add, but we can do that because the body is designed, if I can just stand up, we're designed to walk and that the brain can almost switch off. So it's great mm-hmm. walking and having ideas. Yeah. So I think when we walk, when we free range, if we can get away from the idea we are skiving, do they use that term anymore? But you know, they are not working or they are doing something, they're wasting time. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, if you're in a business working for somebody or you run a business, you are it. It doesn't run without people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, the thing in my day, always have some breakfast, never leave the house without it. Um, and it's the movement and the walking. And also, mindfulness, I can be slack with it, admittedly, but I know it really helps me, but I know I'm human too. So of late, my prescription includes adding in the Headspace app for the 10 minutes. And what I'm doing is I'm always monitoring myself and I'm knowing what I need right now. How are you doing that? It's years of practice. Mindfulness, when I first started to do mindfulness seriously, when I, I, was re- I knew my stress levels were very high in 2014. And I know I do what I do, but people forget I'm human too. So I, uh, stuff impacts me, and we'd had some serious challenges. So I just want to break that down, actually. How did you, so I think that's useful for people to relate mm. to. How, what were the flags that went up? How did you recognize that your stress sleep. levels had gone to a, yeah, sleep? Um, my digestion had always been awkward, and I know it's around post-traumatic stress, right. and when I've been triggered. I yeah. know what my triggers are now. So what I do is I preempt, if you like, this is happening, my body's giving me the signals, these are the ways I counteract it, yep. and these are the, these are the methods I use. I would I would just encourage everybody, 
everybody to have a little go at mindfulness. I did actually originally the eight-week course, and it wasn't the most dynamic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of quite a, a dynamic person, so I found it a little bit hard to kind of the discipline of every day and, and maybe a little bit dull, if I'm honest. But it connected me to really engage with my body in a different way and my mind. So I was starting to understand my more basic needs, really, my more basic fundamental human needs. Mm. And with that in mind, really taking on what I've done with clients, I built myself my own program of, ju just as I've said, very simple things. Um, and our space at home, I've created healing spaces. My office, it's called the Abundant Studio, and it actually has it on the wall. Um, it looks a bit like a sort of rather sweet beach hut. Um, but clients have told me, and, and what I designed it for was based around me healing me and others. Mm -hmm. um, so my focus boards, which, which actually show the different things I was going through that caused me a problem, my father's death, that's the first board that went up in that room. Um, and all of these elements helped me. And the magic of it was when I described these things I'd done and helped clients do it, they reported back that it worked. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a stat to give anyone. I just said, this really works for me. If during a conversation we could find out what works for you, and that's how it came about, and my interest in space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from things, we probably both do this, or you have something similar. We'll hang a heart up on a doorknob, or put a, you know, I've, I've got, as we leave the house, it says, it says expect a miracle above the door. Mm. There's just things that symbolize places we like to spend our time. So yeah. there's references to, um, sort of lighthouses and the seaside because we love going to Suffolk. So it's, it's things to evoke that feeling of well-being. Yeah. So it sounds like nature's a key part of that. And you Massive. talked about having rules around your tech, walking, making sure you've eaten breakfast, yeah, nutrition, absolutely crucial, mindfulness. Anything else that you do to disconnect and reconnect? Have time alone. Yeah, big one for me as well. I, I, you know, I, there's all sorts of reasons why and, and theologies around it. I, I realise that I, I connect with people very, uh, you know, emp it, what businesses you run and what you, you find yourself loving tends to say that maybe we're both uh, empathetic people and mm. we care and all the rest of it. And one of the things I realise is I connect very quickly with a room of people and on their emotions. So in the wrong environment, you know, I'm a bit like the plant under the wrong light, I can literally not thrive. Um, I need to regenerate energy, which is done with people and without. So if I've had a week of meetings and conversations that I've loved, I still need to go and kind of back to my cave and, and connect with my animals and, and have time away mm. um, and go quiet. Um, I've, I've really had, we're farming out Twitter and LinkedIn. It eats into my energy and my soul. Yeah, it's a um, massive, massive job. And the key part of social media, without going down that rabbit hole, is yeah. interaction, and that's that's a huge. For me, it's it's really invaded my space. I, yeah. I uh, in my first entity on Twitter as me, I connected with lots of people that were unwell, um, because my my focus was my dad had died, and I wanted to be really helpful. Um, after a, a period of years, you realise that I, I realised I wasn't switching off, and everybody's woes were were mine. And of course, mm. that's one of the problems now. Yeah, we are globally connected all the time. So yeah, that's one of the things I've sort of, as a business, mm. um, that's a business decision for my well-being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, where we spend our time can harm or heal, and I will send you a link to something that you'll be really interested about that. Yeah, yeah that would be good. Cool. Um, 
What are some of your, well, you probably answered actually, some of your practices around mental hygiene, as our mutual friend Jeff describes it, but looking at mental health within organisations as well, so obviously the people make up the organisations, yeah. so there's the health overall of the organisation and the individuals in it, but how much of that do you think is a, how much of a competitive advantage is that going to be? Future focused, we are not going to be able to turn a blind eye. It's not, sim I'm not saying any of this is simple. This, this stuff that we're talking about is simple to implement. The actual change in cultures, um, and I think there's something tricky that I'd like to share, because I haven't seen much written about this or said. You can come out about your mental health, and as I did, and have a very, very poor reception of people that have known you a long time. And that mm. was part of my So you didn't, issue. You didn't get the support I you did were not anticipating get the support. from long-standing friends or no. colleagues? Yeah. So the newer people in my life have been amazing, but the if you can imagine, people describe me as inspiring and, and my energy and all the rest of it. And people, even family members, wanted to keep me there. So I, even to the point of blanking that I'm saying it's not been very good of late because they pushed, how are you, how are you? I got fed up with saying I'm fine. Mm. Um, so I think something I would say to people is, and I've said this in various different ways, but here's, here's my take. Be careful who you choose. You, everyone wishes their best friend was, would be the one, but think, are they? In, yeah. Think about your history. If they're just good mates and you have a laugh, they might not be the right person. Um, also, I've found, personally, and again, think of the clients, they contact a stranger. A stranger on a helpline can be so wonderful the first time you want to talk about it. L release safely, that's the key, releasing safely. The culture within business, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, yeah, 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 and, and we don't want stigma, let's end it, and it's true, and they do. I believe we're still gonna have to work really hard on walking into the workspace and somebody being feeling that they won't lose their job or be sort of you know, um, put aside mm. or people go over them. So it's how we support mental health at work, acknowledging everyone has it yeah. and acknowledging that we break actually we're massively resilient and if anyone breaks or has an issue they are not weak mm. at all. I think we need a lot more positive role models in mental health and, and Jeff McDonald yeah. who was on a previous yeah, yeah. episode of this yeah. podcast um, is obviously a mutual connection, yeah. super high energy and yeah. his raison d'etre is to remove the stigma of um, mental health and the working And you can world. be brilliant and super successful with mental health issues. Well we all have them, that's the thing. Yeah. Everyone has the highs and lows to different degrees. Yeah. and. And everybody, I mean, uh, again, Tony Robbins describes um, anxiety as the achiever word for stress. Sorry, stress as the achiever word for anxiety, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, we all feel these things. Yeah. And, but it's, it's really interesting you mentioned movement as being a pivotal part of how you, you mm. keep good mental hygiene. That's definitely the case for me. And my partner said to me this morning, I've, um, I've just realised why I've been low recently. I've not been exercising enough. So she's done a little session in the gym, walked to the office, which is about a 50-minute brisk yeah. walk across a main road and in through park. So it's a... You know, you get a bit of everything on this walk, but it's it's really really crucial. We're, we're out of time, unfortunately, um, but I'd love you know, could have talked this for hours. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Good, good. It's been great to have you. What would you leave people with? Um, let's as somebody who's who's looking to reduce their stress, um, prioritise their health, fitness, and their well-being. What are the two three things you'd leave them with? I there's there's one thing that I would do right now if you've if you've been listening to this and i would just give yourself your your mind a few minutes to just think about how you live today at work mm -hmm. okay and and i would i would 
just encourage you to, in a very mindful way. So if you want to just be quite mindful right now, just push your toes right into your shoes so that you become very present and just think about the way you're working and the environment you work in. The next thing is, next time you go into work, make some notes and recall those notes, have a look and actually look at your space and start to have conversations with the right people and with your colleagues. And if you're struggling, I would, I would go back to that tip I gave earlier. If you're struggling and you don't know what to do, pick up a helpline, pick up, pick up the phone and call a helpline and just mm. have a talk with an empathetic stranger. And you will find that that is the start of you being able to have conversations with people you trust. The key to me is trust. No, no, wishful thinking is lovely, but actually, who could you trust? It might be somebody different, maybe somebody at work. Mm. So those would be my tips for somebody that's feeling anxious and stressed. Yeah. Do something. Just yeah. do something. Cool. Jane, thank you very much. Thank you. Been absolutely fantastic. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, help us to reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that and it would help us to spread the good word even further. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next show.